Do you have an idea for a podcast, but you don't know where to start? Maybe you're overwhelmed by all the tech or you're convinced nobody will actually listen to you. Well, I'm Shauna Game. After nine and a half years as a professional podcaster, at this show, everyone's talking money. And 25 million downloads later, let me tell you the secret to a profitable podcast. It is building a solid foundation, your podcast roadmap before you launch. That's why I created the Podcaster Class, a fast-paced group cohort podcasting for profit eight-week style NBA program. The Podcaster Class is immersive, comprehensive, and insanely motivational. If you want to create a podcast, DIYing a launch is just not the way to go. In the Podcaster Class, you'll get the tools, tips, and strategies to create a podcast that resonates with listeners and one you can be proud of. Get this. 90% of podcasters never make it to episode three. That's 2.8 million podcasters who just quit. So to be a top podcaster, you only need to publish 21 episodes, but you got to make them good. So in the podcaster class, I'm taking the mystery out of how to create, launch, and profit from your podcast so you can create a top 1% podcast just like this one. The May cohort is now open for enrollment. Classes start May 22nd. There are only 15 spots open. You are going to learn podcasting with me and 14 other amazing people. You can learn all the details at thepodcasterclass.com. Use code podcast when you sign up for $100 off. That's thepodcasterclass.com. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. Imagine a life where every money decision you make is very intentional. Everything you buy has a purpose and a reason. You invest with purpose. You save with purpose. If this feels like a million miles away, this episode is for you. Guest Mallory Rowan will indoctrinate you in what it means to embrace 
money minimalism and bring intention into every money decision you make. You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna Come to Game, where we flip the script on the old school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week, Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, and what makes millennials tick. Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna, money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado. Hey friend, I am so glad you're here. This is a fun topic we're talking about today, money minimalism. And not the you can't buy things type of minimalism, but the purposeful type of minimalism. That everything you do with your money has a reason. It's moving you towards your future or filling a need. Now you might be saying, okay, Shauna, <laughs> why does this matter? Well, good question. I spent a lot of years and a lot of money not being purposeful with my spending, aka got into a lot of credit card debt, but it's not even about being in debt. You can be unintentional with your money, even if things look really good on paper. In the end, this just keeps you from reaching your goals because you aren't working your money. You're letting your money work you. So take it from me. This doesn't work really well. Inter Mallory. She is this awesome, no-fluff, anti-hustle business coach who has herself grown a multi-six-figure business, one that almost killed her. So it was then at that point that she realized that money minimalism was going to be the way she could get her life back and her money back on track. So in this episode, Mallory's sharing how to create a money minimalism system that actually works for you, one that will help you love saving your money and make it work flawlessly. Are you ready? Let's jump into the conversation. We're talking about this fun topic today, money minimalism. I, I love it. I love how it sounds. And I think this is a really fun twist on talking about money. Tell me a little bit about like, what does it mean to be a money minimalist? Yeah. I mean, honestly, the biggest thing for me is just like, it's the same way with minimalism as a lifestyle. A lot of people think they picture like somebody living in an apartment with like a mattress <laughs> and a lamp, right? But that's not really what minimalism is about. Um, it's about being really intentional. So that's kind of the same idea with money minimal minimalism um, is that idea that you're being really intentional with your money. So for me, it's always thinking about um, those purchases, right? It doesn't mean I never buy myself new clothes or anything, but it means I'm more likely to, you know, close that browser over the span of three weeks and see if I still want those items when I come back. Or if I can't stop thinking about it, that tells me that it's something that I do truly want, as opposed to like a in the moment, yeah. want a little bit of an endorphin kick, right? So we order some stuff on sale and then after realize like, oh, this is kind of similar to the stuff I already have. Yeah, like how many black sweaters can I possibly have in my closet? I'm very guilty of that. <laughs> yeah, and it's hilarious you use that example, actually, because I recently bought... Um, so right now I'm a Lululemon ambassador. And so I get to like treat myself a little bit more than I maybe normally would with Lululemon. But um, I bought myself a second black hoodie from Lululemon. And I did that whole dance of like, is this ridiculous? But for me, it was funny because what I would normally do is be like, you know what? 
it's a different style, but maybe I'll get this one in burgundy. So it's different. But I realized like for my lifestyle, I will actually get more use of it if it has a different use than the other, but they're both black because then it goes with everything. And so even though my brain wanted to do the like, hey, on the surface level, getting a different color would make this more versatile. It was actually me acknowledging like, hey, I actually need two black hoodies in my life. I need one for my fitness stuff and for lounging around at the cottage. And then I need one that's like more presentable for when I'm out and about. So, you know, really thinking about those decisions. I like that a lot because you're talking about intentionality. And I think that's, I I talk a lot about mindset and being present and really thinking through your money and your decisions and really anything you do in your day with some sort of intentionality. And I think the world is so crazy and busy. And with social media, there's all of this stuff like flying at us all the time. And certainly all these opportunities to spend money. What are some of ways that we can really, that you think like we really hone in on, on that intentionality? Is it just getting super laser focused with what we really want? Or is it, are there more steps involved than, than that? Yeah. So the biggest starting point for most people is getting rid of the icky relationship with money. So like not wanting to look at your bank account. And I think what's important to understand is this doesn't always mean you're quote unquote broke, right? And I say quote because broke means something different to everyone. I actually used to live in the opposite problem of I knew I had decent savings. I knew I was making a job with good money. So I kind of let myself get by of like, "Mm, I'm not going to check my bank account that much because I know it's okay, right? So having that idea of really starting to actually have a relationship with money, whether that's reading books, listening to podcasts, right? Um, Actually having conversations and figuring out like, oh, I, you know, I'm, I'm definitely somebody that feels like I have to hoard all my money. Can we look at why that is, right? So really like unpacking our issues and our relationship with money would be the first step. And then the second thing is once we're a little more comfortable with money, it's actually setting goals that excite us about money. So I always say like people will set a goal of like paying off their student debt. But if that goal doesn't fire you up, the chances are you're probably going to go buy the clothing on the weekend, right? Or go to the fancy restaurant and just say screw it because you don't really want to pay off your student debts. They're just annoying and someone said you should. But if you actually set a goal like saving for a vacation, say you want to go down south and you're like, okay, I'm going to save like three grand for that trip. That can be a goal that actually gets you excited. And then all of a sudden you feel like, uh, I don't necessarily want to do the online shopping haul this weekend because if I don't, I that $200 goes towards that vacation, which is sounding really nice right about now, you know? Yeah, I like that. Vacation is sounding really nice about yeah. now. <laughs> no, I was like, <laughs> I'm going to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's not a coincidence. I definitely have a sad little vacation fund just sitting there. Like it's getting me interest, which is nice, but I'd like to use it. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just staring at me like, okay, we're ready. Whenever you're ready, we're here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and what you talk about, I think, really resonates with me because you're talking about this idea of getting better with your money and and feeling good, like enjoying the process of mm-hmm. getting better with your money, which money for most of us, you use the example of student loans, and, and that's such a great example. The idea of, of saving, we talk about saving for retirement. If you're in your 30s, you probably mathematically should be saving, but right. maybe that doesn't fire you up. Maybe something else gets you really excited. How can you kind of get in that process of 
whether it's trickery with your brain or just your <laughs> reality of saying, I'm going to enjoy this process. I'm not going to hate or you know dread dealing with my money, but I, I'm actually going to enjoy this. Yeah, I think that's where I'm really big on getting the exciting saving related goal. Because if you start with the vacation fund, then you start getting into that habit of feeling really good about not spending money. And it doesn't mean you can't spend it all, right? It just has that little bit of extra like layer and filter of intention before you do something because you're like, "Mm, I kind of want this to go towards the saving things. And then we can kind of from there either create some systems that support you getting like the more boring saving stuff out of the way, or it really will just have that snowball effect for some people where once you start to see more money in your account, especially if it's somewhere like a high interest savings account where it's actually earning you money to be there, it gets kind of exciting. And a lot of people just switch that mentality. And now they're like, I'm in, like I am saving. We're going to have retirement goals. We're going to have house goals. We're going to have student (laughs) debt goals, right? And if you don't get excited by it, the other route is going, Okay, so for every dollar I put into my vacation fund, I'm going to put a dollar or two into my um, student debt, right? So actually creating that system of you still feel good about saving and you're doing a bit of that like paying it off without realizing it. I like that. I I like I'm I'm a big person who's who's all for balance. So doing not doing all this or all that like let's do both but maybe do it in a little bit more easy to do way something that feels a little bit more attainable versus just either taking everything out from our budget you know let's just ease into things and you talked about something that i really liked you sent me some videos which kind of got me really fired up about this money minimalism concept and you talk about getting high when it comes to spending money. And I think that's so right on. So many of us have this euphoric sense, whether we're conscious of it or not, when we spend money. And you talked to, I I really want to dive into this because you had some really great points about how we can replace this high with something of of real value. So I guess like the first thing is how do we recognize that we are indeed having this high? And then how do we maybe, how do we replace that with something that is actually more measurable than just the high, I guess? Yeah. I mean, step one is like looking around your house or in your closet, (laughs) you know, (laughs) just looking at like, how much stuff do I have? You know, like I think unless you've recently downsized to a really small place, like even the concept of a storage unit for something besides like a boat or something that's really big, right. That we need to put somewhere. It's like, do we have so much stuff? that we've overflowed our living space, right? Mm. And we, you know, uh, Mary Kondo talks about this, right? Like it has to bring you joy. So if you're looking in your closet and you have seven versions of kind of the same thing and you don't really wear any of them, that's probably your first hint of like, ding, ding, ding. Maybe I like to spend my money um, because it makes me feel good, right? And we want to feel good. I heard something that really stuck with me once that um, if you want, it's if you celebrate in the same way um, that you like react when you're sad, you're kind of just numbing it out. And that's what a lot of us Mm. do, right? Like we order food when we had a bad day, right? But we also order food when we're celebrating a big win. And we do the same thing with shopping. We're a little bit sad. So we agree to treat ourselves to a new shirt, but we also say, Hey, I made a sale today. So I'm going to go buy that shirt that I want. Right. 
So I'm seeing, very guilty of that. <laughs> yes. Uh, it was a huge wake up call for me. Right. And it's one of those things like everyone gets to decide, is that a problem? Right. Is it bad that we kind of numb ourselves through that? Or are you cool with it? Right. So I think that's really the first choice you have to make. But for me, it's just that awareness of it. It's like, Ooh, am I doing these actions that do have consequences and outcomes? Right. If we order food every night and we're trying to save for a house, like that truly will impact if we're doing it all of the time. Um, but looking at like, where is that high coming from? And then being able to separate yourself from the high and find that new high in the meantime from the savings, right? And that's where you have to look at it as we are constantly marketed as consumers, right? People have spent so many years cracking the code of how to get people to buy. You go to a website, it tells you, oh no, like this is in 27 other people's carts, right? There's only one line. I know, yes. <laughs> it's so stressful. You're like, oh my God, no, it's mine. Like, give it to me. That so, little thing that pops up on websites like over and over again, oh, yeah. which annoys me to all end, but I know why they do it because your brain is just like focused on and then another person bought it and another yes. person bought it. And like, I am a marketing girl. I love it, but I also hate it because it really is so smart and it's playing with our psychology. So the first step is also acknowledging, like, don't be so hard on yourself. There are crazy forces against you right now using your psychology to try to get you to spend your money. And you know, what's not that sexy on the other side of the spectrum. There's no big, like sexy show to get you to save money, right? Like even yeah. at banks, banks don't even always encourage us to save. They don't always tell us about the best savings accounts. They often promote the newest credit card, right? So there's not a lot of sexy happening on the saving side. So it's kind of up to you to gamify that process. Everything else is being gamified for us. But if you can gamify your savings, that's the really sweet spot. And I know that's maybe not a word that everybody knows. So it's really like, how do you turn it into a game? So the same way you see on websites, there's quizzes and stuff. Um, EQ bank in Canada is a great example of it's a high interest savings account. So you make a little bit more money than on a regular bank account. But what I love that they do is you can have separate accounts and you can name them and then you can actually put your goal in. So you get now a little progress bar that if you're like, I want to save 20 grand for a down payment, it's going to show a little progress bar of how close you are. It's going to tell you the percentage you have to go. And that can kind of be the fun coming into it where you're like, oh, I really want to see that bar go up. And it becomes a lot more tempting with your paycheck to put the $50 into that than it is to put the $50 into like a pair of shoes that's on sale. So you're just kind of getting it because it's on sale. I'm a, I'm a huge uh, competitive person with myself person. So yeah. I love that idea. And I think you're so right, like turning it into something that feels sexy or feels like a game and you can see the progress is really important. And I also love what you talked about the renaming aspect, because I talk about this a lot on the show. I hated the word budget. So I renamed mm -hmm. it to my travel itinerary because we already established I love to travel. Yeah. And for me, it was just this is the method of how I can go all these places I want to go is just, you know, getting my money aligned. And so I think if if you're listening right now and that's something that really resonates with you, what a cool way to to do that. Name your savings accounts, all sorts of things that get you really excited of actually moving the money over. Yeah, exactly. And it can also help 
Um, I find sometimes people just save because somebody told them to save. So it actually makes you think like, what am I saving this for? And then when you have those different buckets, it can be fun because you're like, oh, I'm going to either, you know, fill this bucket and then move on to the next one. Or maybe I'm going to fill a little of these each at a time. Or for myself as uh, an entrepreneur, like I have an emergency fund. And just by calling it an emergency fund, as opposed to it being named a savings account, means I am not touching that bad boy because that bad boy is like, for the worst case scenario. But if it was just money in a savings account, and it was also in the same savings account as my vacation fund, it just looks like a big chunk of money. And you go, I could take a little bit off the top, right? No one will notice. Exactly. <laughs> well, I want to talk a little bit more about your story. Uh, I'm an entrepreneur as well. So I, I can relate a lot to what you shared. Um, I know that six years ago, you founded a company called or co-founded a company called LVD Fitness. And you really wanted to to make this impact. You grew this into like an amazing, successful business. But then you say it almost killed you, which I think so many of us can really resonate with. And today you help entrepreneurs build without without feeling that burning out process. Tell me a little bit about this journey and and how this led you to this idea of like really embracing money minimalism. Yeah, so I got into entrepreneurship definitely early on, which means I won the lottery in terms of getting to burn out earlier than most people. <laughs> Lucky me. Hooray. <laughs> um, so I had I started working in corporate super early um, because I knew that I was in love with business. And then I quickly shifted to startups. And then it was actually a class project where I started building my own business. And so for a while, I was in school competing in powerlifting, which is quite a few hours in the dream, quite a few hours in the gym. Um, In a day, we were traveling for events for this business. And I actually still had a full time corporate job. Um, So it was a lot. And it was a lot fast. And it was definitely in like prime hustle culture days, you know, Gary Vee was super on the come up, everything was like better, faster, stronger, like fail fast, fail often, right. And so obviously, as a young person too, you got all that energy, you're like, hell yeah, like, I'm here for it. Let's go. Um, And then my body definitely started to feel it all. And it was I I mean, I felt it in hindsight before that with uh, emotional and energetic and mental capacity really breaking down. But we just kind of tell ourselves like we have to push through it. Um, And it wasn't until my physical body was really like, yo, you got to slow down um, that I, I did take the time to slow down. So for me, entrepreneurship and working for myself has always come down to money. And I don't mean that in like a money hungry way. It's always been about okay, I accept that this is the currency of our world. And I accept that this is the thing that controls if I have to like sit in an office for eight hours a day. So I want to play with that. And I want to figure out how can I make the money that I need to live my life, but actually feel like it's my life and I'm not spending eight hours a day um, at a desk. So it really was seeing money as a tool for me. And then it really also helps you get rid of a lot of the stuff around. It's really important to still treat yourself. But when you are, you know, building something, it's so exciting to participate in that. And then all of a sudden, I mean, that in itself is a high, right? So it really is replacing. I don't have the same desire to go spend the money. I think a lot of people, especially if they're not happy in a job, almost feel this um, 
entitlement or like bitterness of like, I'm going to go spend my hard earned money because I worked really hard for it and I didn't love it. Right. Or I'm in a toxic workplace or I have to put long hours in for this dick boss. Right. So it feels like a rebellion to go spend that money. It feels like a way to take control. But if I'm the one that's deciding, you know, where that money is coming from, how much of that money I'm earning, then it really changes that relationship of money. And you just feel like, you know, you're not really sticking it to anyone when you go live your life because that's what you're doing the whole time. Yeah. You don't really want to stick it to yourself. That's no. for sure. <laughs> it sucks at the end of the year when you look at your bank account. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited. And it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash etm. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals. So you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this. They release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top rated personal finance app. 
And now listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash etm for your extended 30-day free trial. When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. <laughs> I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Imagine unlocking a version of yourself that's unstoppable where mental barriers no longer hold you back. Listen to Mentally Stronger with me, Amy Morin, therapist and international best-selling author, here to guide you on a journey to reaching your greatest potential. Every Monday, I bring you into conversations with some of the most fascinating minds, experts, authors, entrepreneurs, athletes, and musicians. They don't just share stories. They reveal the mental strategies that propelled them to the top. But here's the real magic. At the end of each episode, I break down their wisdom into practical therapist-approved advice. In my solo episodes, I dive deep into the techniques that build mental strength. It's like having your own personal therapy session as you discover how to turn these insights into steps you can take right now. This podcast isn't just for those facing mental health challenges. It's for anyone who wants to push their limits, achieve peak performance, and truly thrive. Are you ready to unlock your full potential? then it's time to become Mentally Stronger. Subscribe to Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin, available wherever you love to listen to podcasts. Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC. And so for any entre entrepreneurs or budding entrepreneurs that are listening, how can you balance then building a business with breathing space, with taking care of yourself as well? Is there, is there a way to do that well? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is pay yourself. <laughs> as simple <laughs> as it is, um, I'm a big fan of Profit First. I think if you haven't read that book and you own a business, like run out and get it <laughs> or listen on Audible. Um, but start paying yourself. So if you're running your business off $1,000, it feels like every penny counts. But if you just kind of siphoned off $100 and you tried to run your business off $900, I guarantee if you were you know, running at that lean on $1,000, you could also run at that lean at $900. We just have to get in the habit of like sneaking that money off for ourselves, um, which is the, that idea of profit first, right? Normally we do revenue minus expenses gives us our profit. This idea is, well, why don't we take our profit out first and then spend expenses appropriately? So I think that's the biggest thing is start paying yourself 
right from the start or as soon as you can, because it's going to really just set you up for success. And it also means like, you're not working hard for nothing, right? Like that's almost (laughs) worse is now we don't have a paycheck from a company and we're not making money, but we're like, yay, we're loving it. Right. We want to make sure that you actually have the money that you need. Yeah. I like that a lot. And because so I share something with you in really knowing that health is important. Two and a half years ago, uh, I became deaf in my left ear after an injury. And I have, I'm 100% deaf in my left ear and I have 24-7 tinnitus, which is the worst Mm. TV static buzzing whirling 24-7. So my brain has to work a lot harder just to exist. So I I have been that fast-paced entrepreneur my whole life and really had to learn how to balance taking care of myself and saying, I can't do something now or I need to take a day off, which was a a tough lesson for me. So what is the value, do you think, in, in happiness and health in life? Because we don't tend to place a value on that. We tend to just place a value on like how much money we earn. But what role does that play in in this whole like money minimalism uh, system that we're creating here? Yeah, I always, whenever I work with um, clients, whether it's one-on-one or like in any of my programs, I always tell them like, what do you actually want from your business, right? Why are, why are we building this business? And often the first answer you get is like, oh, because I saw this problem in the market and like, I want to solve it for these people. And I love helping this, these people. I'm like, yeah, but why do you want to build this for yourself, right? Like getting back to why do we even want to go into business? And what do we want from that business? Our business has to give us something. We can't just give everything to our business. So it's looking at that and actually questioning yourself when you come up with that answer, because we get a lot, a lot of this, right? Like I want to have a flexible schedule. I want to be financially free, but that could be something totally different, right? A flexible schedule for somebody could mean jetting off for a year, but for somebody else, it could mean picking up their kids at three o'clock every day, right? So really getting into what it is that you want from your business is the first thing. And then the second thing is like remembering to actually live throughout. So one of our earliest mentors always brought that up, right? Of like, yes, you want to build for tomorrow and you want to be looking out for future you, but also there's a lot of buses, right? And they could just hit us any day. And so we want to make sure that we're actually taking the time to enjoy it and live through it as it's happening. So for me, it became about realizing that the work is more than the time I spend on my laptop, right? The work is getting eight hours of sleep. It's going for a walk with my dog and my partner in the morning to, you know, just reset my day. If I get up and I just get on the computer every day, I'm not even as productive as a business owner. So really recognizing the work as giving yourself the eight hours of sleep so that your brain is fresh and functioning the next day. It's not adding three hours on your laptop in bed at night, right? Like we have to validate the other parts of our health and our systems. It's spending time with your family, right? Like that is what gives me the energy to show up for my students is knowing that on the weekend, I am chilling with my nephew, with my parents, whatever that might be. And do you think that, I mean, I think a definite yes to this, but going through the last year and a half with COVID, I think that's definitely hopefully made us all reevaluate the the line between work and relaxing or having time for us. Like what are your thoughts on that? What what did you discover over the last year and a half? Yeah, I mean, I feel like I 
got my mini pandemic when I got my burnout. That's how I explain it. I feel like I got I to have, yeah, I got to have that moment of like, oh, what am I actually doing this for? And like, where did I fall off? And so for me, it's been really beautiful to see a lot of people have that realization. Obviously, um, the pandemic has brought a lot of issues and like, that's not something I'm going to disregard. But I think there's also been this realization of what is important to people, right? Even just like a reminder to get outside, like the number of families I see in my neighborhood going for an evening walk that could have gone for an evening walk any mm. night before, you know, but it was this reminder of like, hey, let's actually get outside. Let's go for some fresh air. Let's actually talk, right? Let's be engaged and let's figure out what's important to us. I've seen a lot of businesses actually start during these times because people realize, ooh, I actually want a more active role in this. And I want to feel like, you know, I'm building for my future and I don't want my income to be dependent on if I can show up at work or not, right? I think it created a really tough scenario for some people, but it also reminded them of like, hey, Should I I be putting my money somewhere, right? If I didn't have savings and I was going month to month, how do I need to change that? So I think there's a lot of like blessings in disguise there. For sure. Yeah. And I'm I'm thinking about like, we're all kind of sort of depending on where we are emerging from a little bit of that pandemic bubble that that we've been in. I live in Los Angeles and we've been in it for quite some time. And uh, we're just now getting the point where like uh, I think a quarter percentage of people can eat in restaurants. I mean, it's it's very, very slow here, but we're going to be spending more money over the next couple of months, over the next year. We're going to get back into a lot of the things that we used to enjoy and spend money on. So how do we create a system for money minimalism that works for us even as we kind of like emerge from these bubbles, like remembering some of this stuff, but really creating this like system that works for us. Like what are some of the pieces we need to put into that? Hmm. I'm a big fan of like finding the version of the system that works for you, which is hard because it's less of a blanket answer. But for example, I find for myself, I don't do well with trying to micromanage a budget. Like you said, like the budget word isn't always... Um, a favorite for me. So instead, what I feel good about is like, hey, you have this much spending money, let's say $300, $500, whatever you want to make it. Um, I tend to exclude my groceries because I'll just average those out. So it's like your groceries and your bills are paid. And then maybe you're like, I'm going to spend at most $300 a month. I actually have um, a separate card that works kind of like a debit card for here in Canada. It's called Coho. Um, that I use to put my spending money on. And then that's a really easy way to make sure that I don't all of a sudden accidentally blow all my money. Or if I do (laughs) want to make a more expensive purchase, it's like knowing, okay, you know, if I want to buy something that's $1,500, obviously that's not covered in the 300, but it becomes a more active choice of, okay, do I want to tap into the savings or wherever else that might come from? But just giving myself like that general number instead of saying, okay, if I want take out, it's this much. If I want to go for drinks, it's this much. Shopping is this much. It's just like, hey, you got 300 bucks. How do you want to spend it? It's kind of like getting an allowance as a kid, right? Like got to give yourself an allowance again. And for me and for a lot of people, I know that's worked really well because it doesn't feel so exhaustive to think about, to be budgeting. I just, with the Coho card, especially there's an app. So every time I spend, it says like, hey, you just spent $7. You now have like $309 left. So it makes it really helpful to just have a quick check of where I'm at, and then stay within that. And then it's kind of up to you if you don't spend it all, you either get to like have the bonus next month of your leftover, 
Or for me, usually say it's 300, I spent 250, I'll just then top it up with 250 instead of like adding another 300. That's so great because I think really for me, when we talk about minimalism at its core, it's it's like you said, it's not so much of just getting rid of everything, but it's it's finding what is useful for you or what brings you joy or what you like and and having that. So thinking about that same concept when it comes to money, not having these like definitive hard lines around our money where we have to do this and have to do that, but really thinking about how do we do it in a way that also supports our future goals. But maybe like you're saying, right, it just, it makes you feel a little bit better. Like you have more room to move. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think one of the toughest things is like letting go of this idea of like, I read it somewhere one time or like my parents think this way. (laughs) It's okay for us to figure it out on our own. And sometimes it's okay for our parents to be wrong, which I know can be like a really no. weird, <laughs> yeah, really weird realization, especially around money. Um, I actually had recently, my parents both transferred their savings that they don't really touch into a high interest savings account. My dad was joking. He was like, I made more this month on my money than I probably ever have with my bank. Right. And he was mm. so open to admitting like, Hey, you've done more research in this area and you knew this thing. So now I'm coming along for the ride, right? So if you're just sharing and actually openly having these money conversations, I think that's so, so important. And just knowing that like, even that tip that I said of giving yourself a general spending limit, like that might not work for you. And that's okay. It doesn't mean you're broken or you're failing at it. It's just what's the version that works really well for you. I like that. The version. I think that's something really important to focus on. We've talked about so much, so much good stuff here. I, I want someone to to walk away like really feeling like they have an action step or, or something they can do right away. How can we talk a lot about like creating the life that you want to live? What sort of like homework, the the best kind of homework would you give <laughs> to someone listening who's kind of like, well, I don't I don't really know and or I, I don't really know how to bring that to life. How do you start f- figuring out that process? Yeah, I would say really sit down and start with that question, whether you work for yourself or for someone else. It's just like, what, what do I value most out of this life, right? Where am I happiest? What feels really good to me? Like, do I know how I want to spend my time? Do I know how I want to feel if you can even focus on a feeling, right? And starting with that initial, like super high level, what do I want from life? And then going and setting some goals that actually fit that and they actually care about, right? So if you're like, you know what, you might realize I've been saving for a house, but given the lifestyle I want, I actually just kind of want to rent and I want to travel. Okay, so let's actually shift those goals. And like, let's start saving for the travel, right? And recognizing there's nothing wrong with that's where the money is going if you're all about the experience, right? So set those goals that you actually care about. And then set yourself up to win. So that same profit first model I talked about for entrepreneurs, you can do that as an employee too. So if you get your paycheck, you can always make sure you're putting aside $100 to an investment account, $100 to your savings, whatever you want to put it towards before going and spending, right? Maybe you can actually find some of those fees that you can cut down. Maybe there's a lot of things you're signed up for. You don't even realize there's subscriptions or you don't even realize how much you're spending. So see if you can pay yourself right from the start, whether it's a paycheck or entrepreneurship. And if you feel like you can't, or if you want to do this either way, do a little audit of where your money's going and take a look and say, okay, I maybe estimated that I was spending 
$200 on takeout, but maybe it's actually more like $350 a month, that's really going to affect your numbers. So if you can get it back down, now we have $150 extra that you could pay yourself right off the bat. So that would be my most tangible advice for sure. Um, figure out what it is that you want from life, set some goals that make sense with that and actually get you really excited and then create a system that you're just not going to break. Right. And keep tweaking that system and figuring out the version that works for you. I love it. It's so good. Well, Mallory, I'm sure you've inspired so many people. Tell them where they could go to find you, connect with you. And if they want to work with you, if they're an entrepreneur, tell them how they do that as well. Totally. So I'm pretty much Mallory Rowan everywhere. Uh, MalloryRowan.com on Instagram, TikTok, and Clubhouse um, at Mallory Rowan. If you want to slide into my DMs, Instagram is the best place to do that for sure. And if you want to work with me, I do private coaching for entrepreneurs uh, that need a little bit more advanced custom stuff. And then I also have a program called Sell on Social that teaches entrepreneurs how to market their businesses online. And I have a few other actually fun um, money-related courses on my website that you can check out. So definitely slide into my DMs. If you want um, a free content workshop too, you can go to mallorowen.com slash free workshop and that will give you a really great starting place if you do own your own business. All right, so I'm on board. What do you think? Should we make May the month when we'll embrace this idea of money minimalism and start being intentional? I'll hold you accountable if you do the same for me. So if you enjoyed this episode, do me a favor, share it with friends, family members, anybody that you think would really love this idea of money minimalism. And don't forget links to our episode guest and our sponsors are right in our show notes. So head there and you'll find everything you need. I'll see you back here in a few days for a brand new episode. Hey, you. Yes, you. Before you go. We want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. For all the links, tags, and ads you've heard on today's episode, check out the show notes or go to mmoneypodcast.com, where you'll find more episodes to share with your friends. While you're at it, leave us a review and make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss out on all the money tips and tricks that will take you from a millennial regular to a millennial money expert. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode.